I'm gonna turn off my my uh, my video, so maybe it, I'm maybe it'll help that way. So it um, doesn't take too much bandwidth. Yeah, that yeah. might help out. Um, good, good. Yeah, so that's how I know Greg. Yeah, bro. That <laughs> that that was um. It's funny how things work out. We met, and then Ruben started playing AAU for uh, Wellington's AAU program, Unity Legends. And one thing led to another. I was hanging around enough where Wellington finally said, hey, man, like, you're here enough. Like, why don't you actually do something? So I started um, I started <laughs> helping them out, um, going on the road with them. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I, I, you know, yeah. Wellington's, a, Wellington's a solid dude, bro, solid dude. Um, helped Ruben out a lot. Helped me out a lot, too, because I got to be around basketball more often. And I got to see, like, I got to see the business side of it, too, like, being around it. Because for me, it was – you know, training kids and all that stuff, that's fun. And obviously, like, there's, it's business to that, too. But being around the game, like the AAU basketball scene and, like, seeing how passionate parents are about this and, like, how serious this is. And, you know, I guess you don't really realize it until, like, you're you're in it in that way, you know. But I, it, it was it was definitely pretty cool to see that. So no, I love it. I love I love helping out whenever I can with the, with the program. And I still I still try to be around, although it has been a while. And I saw that he got new hoodies, uh, new Nike hoodies yeah. for the team and everything. I, I didn't get one in the mail yet, but I'm waiting. It's Christmas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a size for you just just in case. Got a large, <laughs> extra large, just in case. Why do you give um, me everything extra? No, large? It, it, no, no, no. I have, I have an extra, which is a oh. large, a size large for you. Um, Sounds good. No, but yeah, it, it uh, you know, it's it it always helped when when Greg was around, just because um, of his passion for the game, uh, his ability to be able to recruit, um, you know, recruit you know the, the the Essex County area, which you know the Unity Legends program normally was never in. Right, we were more of in the suburban, you know, Union County, Morris County, um, you know, but you know our ability uh, and Greg's ability to be able to reach the the uh, that Essex County really helped, just because we weren't. You know, I work a full-time job. I have two kids and a wife. I mean, I'm not going out uh, doing a ton of recruiting unless I have to. And um, but Greg had the ability to do that. You know, so when you know, all of a sudden, you know, the gym the gym was filled with uh, with suburban athletes. And all of a sudden, we were filled with urban athletes the following, the following year. You know exactly who that, who that came from. <laughs> yeah. So well, it welcome. Out well. Welcome back to another installment of the Bench Mob Podcast. Today we have here a special guest, father, husband, business owner, former West Virginia University alum, very well known in the tri-state area, a baller, a passionate person for the sport, Wellington Smith. Thank you for hopping on today with us. Thank you for taking time. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, start off real quick, you know, everything is going on with coronavirus and, you know, Christmas around the corner. How's everything going with you and your family with everything that's going on right now? Well, uh, COVID is a difficult time, uh, obviously, right? 300,000 deaths, which is insane. Um, I know, I know uh, just listening to previous, uh, podcasts that you guys have done, that you guys were personally affected by this, uh, just like, I think everybody was, I think everybody was touched in some kind of way, whether it was death or uh, illness or what have you, um, you know, but, you know, life goes on and, and, uh, and folks, uh, we're, we're getting through it as a family. Um, 
we're going to go down to West Virginia uh, during our Christmas holiday break uh, to spend some time with family and, and friends and, uh, you know, but do it the safe way. So uh, we, we've done a good job of keeping, keeping everybody safe, you know, for the most part and, uh, and keeping them out of harm's way. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, is that where most of your family is at? Is in West Virginia, really? So uh, I was I was raised here in Summit, New Jersey. Um, I have my uh, my parents live. Uh, my two sisters live here in Summit. Um, actually, one of my sisters lives here in Summit. My other sister lives in Wachun as well. Um, but I have family in Georgia, California. Me, me personally, my side of the family. Then my wife's fam- side of the family has. Um, uh, is all all in West Virginia. Got it, got it. Spread out, spread out. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Greg. This is the West Virginia legend here, man. I mean, I I want to I want to take it back to like your origin <laughs> story, Wells. Cause I I know I've obviously heard your origin story plenty. You know, um, you know, with our relationship uh, and everything like that. But I think it'd be great for the listeners to kind of get an idea of like, you know, well, how you started playing basketball. Like, when did that passion start for it? And you know, I. To even make this even more granular, like when did you know that you had a future playing basketball? Like, at what age? What point in your life did that come that become clear? Well, if you ask my friends, they'd say that I was um, a terrible athlete, and uh, I am, you know, I, nothing. Nothing happened until I came back from a trip, um, you know, that took me to Seattle, Washington, to play with, you know one, you know, or it's actually two NBA players, um, eventual NBA players when I was in ninth grade. Um, But realistically, the the journey started just, you know, me playing at a young age and just picking up the game naturally. Just, um, I wasn't great at it. Uh, I was always tall, was always athletic uh, to the point where, you know, I can move with with other guys and you know, I wasn't jumping out the gym like Ruben. Matter of fact, when I was in eighth grade, I was six one. I couldn't even dunk on an eight, eight and a half foot rim, um, which is insane, right? Uh, but when you look at you know, the, 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 you know, the maturation process from, for an athlete and you realize you know, boys in, specific, you know, in particular, you know, they just, they grow differently, right? They, uh, and things start coming naturally at a possibly at an older age. Um, most of my friends were, were, were athletic. Um, you know, so I was the worst of our group and I just started creating small goals for myself. And I guess the, the, the smallest goal I created for myself was me just wanting to be better, um, than my, uh, than my friends. And it turned out I was able to do that. You know, once I got into high school, um, and I went to summer high school, which, uh, which you know nowadays I'm sure if I was playing people would try to pull me from you know different um, point of different high schools and, and whatnot but uh, I'm glad I stayed uh, close to my roots it actually worked out really well um, one, you know, the, the, going back to you know while I was in Seattle uh, my ninth grade year my dad actually got a job with Microsoft uh, out in Seattle Washington so uh, we lived down in Redmond Washington for about um, well I, I know I lived out there for a summer. Um, with him. And during that summer, uh, again, I was six, one in eighth grade. I got to six, four, six, five um, over the course of that summer. And in ninth grade, I was six, five. Um, but over that summer, I just took myself out of my comfort zone, which not a lot of kids do nowadays. Um, 
I went to, I, I was going to, to basketball camps, you know, all over the country um, and not notable ones either, like just, you know, backwoods camps. Um, but I was preparing myself to, to have a good showing. You know, they were saying, oh, you got to do, you know, 50 push-ups straight. You got to do, uh, you know, be able to do a mile run and, over, you know, under you know, six minutes or whatever. Um, so I started falling in love with the, pro- the process and kind of falling in love with the game because I was able to just, me and the, it was just me and the basketball the entire summer. Um, my ninth grade year, I played my first ever AU basketball game, uh, which, you know, nowadays kids are playing them you know, second grade is when we start offering programs. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I played my first ever uh, AU basketball game with a, a program called Friends of Hoop. And Friends of Hoop, um, really notable program. Um, John Brockman, Martel Webster, were, uh, Mitch Johnson, just a, a few notable names, West Coast names. Um, Martel Webster went to the draft out of high school. John Brockman went to the University of Washington. Um, and uh, Mitch Johnson went to Stanford. And played there as well. So um, I was around basketball at high level basketball and, and being able to see it. Right. I remember uh, I was again, I was in ninth grade and was just starting to dunk. And uh, all of a sudden, Marta Webster during the course of a practice does a windmill. I'm like, fuck, there's no, <laughs> there's no way I'll be able to get there. <laughs> um, you know, so I go from, from doing that, uh, you know, and playing playing all over the country, went to going to Las Vegas, uh, playing in Las Vegas as a ninth grader, you know, going, going to play in Arkansas, um, you know, going to play in Oregon and, you know, just being exposed to this totally different brand of basketball. Again, putting myself, took myself out of my comfort zone of, of Summit, New Jersey and in Union County in, in general. And this is after, you know, I've always played in Texas County, Union County, but it's different when you're playing outside the state um, I don't mean to be long-winded here, but I do. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it to a head here soon. Um, you know, so after my my that experience, um, I was able to. Uh, I realized that there's AU basketball in New Jersey, <laughs> so I started playing um, AU basketball for a uh, a team called Westfield Rams, and uh, they're not long around anymore. But I was the, I was a sophomore playing on a 17U team, um, playing really well, starting. Uh, again, we played all over. Um, didn't go to Vegas, but went to Florida Nationals and did really well there. Uh, one of my co- coaches is interested in, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm not sure what that really means. Um, because unlike other people, or maybe kids are nowadays, I wasn't really focused on rankings. I wasn't really focused on who is who. They didn't know anything about it. I was just, I was so uh, sheltered <laughs> from... Mm-hmm from, you know, I would say serious basketball. Matter of fact, while I was in uh, in Florida, um, you guys know, know the name uh, Darius Washington? Darius Washington. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah, so so Darius Washington he, went to he, Memphis. He don't know Greg. Um, and uh, no. after after listening to these past episodes, I'm not surprised that Greg doesn't know Darius Washington. <laughs> 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 We're gonna stop disrespect. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about the hot take. <laughs> yeah, oh, this hot take. I'm looking forward to this hot take. Um, so, 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 we're playing Darius Washington, and, and that's you know, if there's one one person I actually knew during the course of that process, it was him, right? Um, so, we're playing Darius Washington. Darius Washington and I on the free throw line, staring next to each other, and he has these hot shoes on, and I'm like, hey man, like nice shoes. 
He says, F you, keep playing ball. I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I'm just complimenting your shoes, dude. You know, so, you know, it was just, um, you know, again, being being uh, exposed to different brand of basketball. So then after I got, got back and, and, and uh, uh, the, the Westfield Rams is only for, and, and then I went to play for Morris County Bulls, um, which you know, was a great, great experience. Um, was actually playing my position. Um, was playing small forward on a really competitive team uh, with actually Drew Willie. Drew Willie uh, played for uh, Randolph High School, but uh, also was a quarterback for uh, for Buffalo University of Buffalo. Um, and then I think had a, a stint with the Bills, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I was playing with like a, ki- a kid that went to University of Boston uh, or Boston U. Uh, and then another kid went to Villanova. Those guys were six eight and six nine. Me at six seven, you know, playing a natural wing position. It was awesome. Um, we ended up playing the Players Basketball Club, and I had a good game. I think I you know, scored in the twenties or something like that. And our, our team, you know, we lost. We were playing against J.R. Smith and all these other guys. Um, but I, you know, coach comes to me, you know, Jimmy Salmons, which is you know, I'm really still close with to this day. He says, uh, "You're playing the wrong team." They should be playing with us, and I'm like, um, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm just." <laughs> uh, and, and and Jimmy's great. You know, the first time he played, I, I personally played Jim. Uh, he was uh, he was sitting on the sidelines eating a hot dog and some chips and a drink while the game was going on. Um, and uh, well, you know, we still lost by twenty or thirty. He reached out to me that day to say, again, you're playing on the wrong team. Um, but by that time, I was so pissed off that he was that he had the audacity to be eating a, a meal uh, on the sideline while uh, while a game was going on. Um, you know, so this is my second stint of, me, of meeting Jim. And, uh, you know, the conversation started going because at that point, this University of Syracuse co- or Syracuse uh, coach reached out to um, to Jim and said, hey, there's a kid playing on Morris County Bulls that you, you know, I think you want to. You, know, you should you should talk to or should at least be uh, be informed with of um, again I'm so oblivious to all this other stuff I'm just you know I play my game I, I leave the court I go see my dad we go we go grab something to eat when's the next game great I'll be back right like I'm I'm so oblivious to all this stuff and I, and I wish that more kids were like that just because they get so caught up in other stuff um, but you know long story short I, I end up playing for um for uh, the players basketball club, Tim Thomas plays uh, at the time, um, because uh, Jim called my dad and said, "Hey, we're a DJ sponsored team," which realistically he could have stopped there, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, he could have said, hey, "We're gonna get you're gonna get tons of shoes, you're gonna go all these different exposure camps, you're gonna go all these different events and tournaments," um, which you know, it, over the course of my you know player stint. You know, playing with like, you know, Brandon Costner or Chris Andrews, who, you know, you guys should know from your Seton Hall prep days and the West Orange and South Orange days. Um, you know, Ryan Ayers, Gerald Henderson, uh, Wayne Ellington, Earl Clark, um, Javon Carter, uh, Corey Stokes. Um, you know, that was a legit team um, with Americans, three, three NBA guys. Um, and you know, all D1 guys, you know, and, uh, you know, so long story short, it was just, it was fun, um, you know, playing AU ball. Uh, but while I was still doing that, I was still playing for some high school, you know, so I'd have, you know, 
the Wake Forest coach, uh, Skip Prosser, um, who uh, coached Chris Paul and those guys, um, he came into the summer high school gym just looking for, you know, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was supposed to happen, right? The, the coach called my high school coach and said, hey, there's a, uh, there's a kid you want, to, you want to take a look at. Um, you know, and, and he came into the gym. Uh, I, I put on a pretty good performance. You know, I was shooting the ball at six, at six seven at the time. Um, still skinny, I think 185 pounds. Um, you know, but he, he offered me on the spot, but then told me that I had to, uh, had to, uh, to redshirt. And again, me being so oblivious to this process, I had no idea what redshirting was. I just, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, want me to sit out of here? Well, and not play any games? Like, so no, you'll, you'll still be practicing. You just won't be playing any games. You want to put weight on you. I was like, well, you know, if that's the case, well, I'll just go to prep school. Um, and and, uh, and and during during all this time, I'm I'm still working out, still still trying to lift, still trying to eat. But again, I'm growing, right? I'm playing on a consistent basis. I'm I'm doing whatever. Um, and uh, you know, so I, I end up going to uh, Blair Academy. Uh, to do it to do a, a PG year and instead of you know going on and um and going to a school like Wake Forest or uh or even when I was I was getting recruited in high school to uh, to Rutgers Seton Hall or or West Virginia or Boston College or South Florida right um or you know University of Virginia so uh yeah I go to Blair uh and one, it was one of the best decisions I, I could have ever made uh, just from a, a, a maturity standpoint um from an academic standpoint, from a, uh, a you know just growing my body, um, and 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 uh, it was great, right? So I actually end up committing to West Virginia um, my uh, early, you know, before before the season even started. Uh, those West Virginia was actually the first letter I actually ever received, um, and I just felt like, hey, these guys are staying on me. They had really good runs uh, to the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight at the time. Um, you know, beating Chris Paul and, and Wake Forest. Um, I thought that was like a sign or like, it's like, oh, okay, well, West Virginia is going to be Wake Forest and I obviously should go there. Um, and I just had a great, had a, just had a great experience, had a great high school experience, had a great AAU experience. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I just had a great, had great mentors um, and people around me, you know, obviously including my dad, but also coaches as well. Um, you know, and that's why I kind of, feel like I, I need to bring that same kind of energy uh, to, to my guys and gals that, uh, that I coach. Well, first off, too, like, <laughs> as he was talking about Darius Washington, just circling back there, I did look him up online. All right, did a little stint with the Spurs. Okay, I know. Okay, yeah. we, we, we're not we're not talking about we're not talking about a superstar here. I'm just saying. So it's like it went over my head. Like, <laughs> but no, he was in the pros. No, it's all good. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that, yeah. That's, he was really good. He was really good for Memphis. No, nah, he was. He had a, a little overseas career too. I mean, definitely. So I mean, a professional basketball player. I mean, that's that stands on its own. That carries its own weight. And um. You know, as you were kind of going through like your background and playing and all that stuff and everything, there are things that you've never even told me, right? Like I didn't know you lived in Washington um, for a, a period of time, you know, growing up and everything like that. But I knew you played basketball damn near everywhere. Like I knew that. That wasn't that was something that was new. But like, um, how do you think that like matured your game? I mean, playing with guys that you didn't grow up with, right? Like it was it had to be different. I know 
playing in the suburbs and then playing with people that are just from everywhere, like urban areas all over the country. Like, how do you think that shaped your game? Mm -hmm. What do you, what did you take from that? I think there was just a level of toughness that, you know, um, I was just wasn't used to. I, I, <laughs> there was a, I was playing in, I want to say it was Arkansas or, or wherever. Yeah, I think it was Arkansas. And uh, we're playing Anthony Mason Jr.'s team. Anthony Mason Jr. ended up going to uh, St. John's. But uh, I, I, get, I get the ball at half court, and all of a sudden, Anthony Mason Jr. just ripped the ball out of my hands, literally like a little child. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And he goes and, like, runs and dunks it on the other end. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what? One, why did I just let him do that? But two, <laughs> like, what's... You know what's the yeah I just did I just didn't understand so there's just a level of toughness that I, I didn't have and I, even I still didn't have when I got to college I mean there was just um and at, at Blair there was it was it was shown to me because there was a guy that um at Blair there's a six foot five I'm not sure if you guys ever met, know the name Craig Smith but Craig Smith went to went to uh, Boston College and was just a, a monster uh, played in the league for a number of years um, but he had, he had a Craig Smith like player named Shamari Spears and Shamari averaging like 20 rebounds and 20 points just a dog I think he's probably scored like 2,000 points um, you know Shamari Greg no nah, but with an <laughs> yo, 20 <laughs> points and 20 boards like wh wait where'd you play with the yeah, map yeah at, at Blair at Blair so yeah big. yeah so yeah man so like he I mean, so I'm, I'm joining a team of, uh, with him and, you know, another, another guy went to Marquette, um, a guy that's playing, uh, two guys that are, st are still playing overseas right now. One guy's playing in, uh, in Qatar, another guy's playing in London, who's actually from London. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just different, right? Like uh, you realize that these guys have a, a future in the game. And, and when you go to a school like Blair Academy, um, you know, nothing really comes easy, right? Academics don't come easy. Um, you know, you, being accustomed to staying away from home doesn't come easy. Uh, the basketball damn sure doesn't come easy. Um, and, uh, you know, I think when when basketball became, whenever I struggled with anything, right? Basketball, basketball became that, that uh, the thing that could always get me to a point where I felt comfortable, you know, going to the gym late at night, you know, getting up shots, working on my handle, um, just work on the things that I knew I could work on because I had the opportunity to do that. Um, but you know, again, it, it, it got to a point where I, I knew that, uh, you know, that year at Blair or, you know, that year from between, between my time from, you know, Blair and West Virginia was just, was just crucial. I wish I would have went to a, did another year at Blair Academy. I wish I would have had two years under at Blair Academy, just so I can get used to that physicality that the game has to offer. So you go from Blair Academy, you end up going to West Virginia. You said they were, you know, always, they were recruiting you. They were, that was your first letter. What was your toughest matchup in college? Cause you're in, you're at West Virginia, you're playing all of these top schools. It's not like you're at a, a D2 or a smaller D1 school. You're playing some of the best talent in a biggest conference. What was like some of your toughest matchups? Well, you know the the we I played some pretty pretty good players. Um, you know to 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 run run through them all. Play John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, uh, play Eric Bledsoe, 
you know, they're all one team. Patrick Patterson, all one team. Um, Darius Miller, all one team. Uh, Steph Curry, right? He was really good. <laughs> Still is good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Blake Griffin, he's all right. Um, you know, uh, Patrick Ewing Jr. was really good, fast. Um, uh, and a number of other different players. Uh, you know, you, you guys are, are, you know, close South Orange guys, right? So, um, uh, I forgot the old boy's name from um, from Seton Hall. Uh, shooter. But, uh, man, but he yeah. was also really good. No, but he was good. He played for Pitt. Um, you know, the, the oldest Gibbs brother, he played for Pitt. Mm. Uh, I mean, I just played against really good guys. And, but, you know, but I think the toughest matchup I had um, – I think by far was, and, and again, it, it was different for me, right? I mean, in our team specifically, I'm, I was a six seven, um, six seven center, right? I had to play. In order for me to play and get on the floor, I had to change my entire makeup, my entire mentality uh, about how I approached the game. Um, had to play the, I had to play Roy Hibbert, I had to play Greg Monroe, I had to play um, Demarcus Cousins, I had to play. You know, big, big old Anawaku, who was just 6'10 and 300 something pounds, right? I had to play those guys in order for me to actually play on the floor. Um, and then not just play, I had to, you know, produce, right? I'm top five in block shots. It's actually top four in block shots in West Virginia University history. Um, right? Like, I, I just had to do these different things in order for me to compete. So, you know, the toughest player that I've played against, you know, going back to your question, uh, yeah, I would say Steph Curry. And, uh, you know, the reason I say that is just because, you know, looking at them, uh, you know, they say that you're not supposed to have fans. Um, you know, you're not supposed to be a fan of the other team. And this is why I started, like, reading into the other the news clippings of the other guys, uh, which wasn't, like, I shouldn't have done it. Um, but I did it anyway. It was only ESPN. I watched ESPN when I was supposed to do Steph Curry's lighting, lighting up the scoreboard. Um, and, uh, you know, so I was just at all with the fact that he's going to a school that lets him do to do right and um and the team the team was doing whatever they wanted to do i was just so uh i was so just so enamored with him um with the way he was able to produce and, and compete at a super high level uh, but all you know when we when we played them in the jimmy v classic my junior season i'm like all right come block his shot uh I couldn't block his shot. <laughs> uh, there was a there's a couple of clips. Uh, if you ever watch his thirty for thirty, um, though, there's a clip where he's coming down a fast break. He does a half spin, goes back, goes you know coming down with the right hand, does a half spin, goes back to his right hand, you know leaves me in the dust, puts up a three point shot, and I, I'm recovering, and he just splashes in my face. I mean I. And, I, and all you see is like my disheveled face as I'm, you know, running back on defense. Um, but yeah, he was definitely one of the, the, the toughest players I've ever played against. There was like a random yeah. Thursday afternoon where I was watching like a rerun of that game, and I see Wellington. I, I think I texted you too when I was watching. I was like, "Yo, like I'm I'm watching Steph. Just what's going on? He's just it, that was the that was the year he was on that crazy run. I think there was I don't know if that was his junior or sophomore season. I think it might have been his sophomore season." Um, I don't think he entered the draft that year, but I may be wrong. Um, 
but yeah. he was yeah, he, he was ridiculous. He, like it was yeah, wild. Yeah, I think it's sophomore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like to put it in perspective too. Like Steph was yeah. Steph's like a legitimate six one, right? Like he's probably if he if he's even that. What is he? There. No, we lost him. We have some technical. It's all right. We have some technical difficulties right now. <laughs> you good? You hear? You hear well? You, you got it. Um. Yeah, I hear. I hear you guys. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, no, we we got you back. But um, I I think he's like what like legit six foot six one. Like he's like he's not that big. He's not a big guy. Is it is it us? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm looking now. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. No, you're good, bro. Let me go back. Let me go back to my router and see if there's a. Let's to my router and see what's going on. If you guys hear me okay now? I got yeah. Here's, yeah. It sounds good, bro. It sounds really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sounds clear, but nah, Steph's a small dude, and when you when you stand next to Wellington, he, like he's legit six seven. So like, the it's just it's just crazy how good he is. Like to be able to to make you to make it look like it's easy, he makes it look like it's easy, and it's like it's, it was everyone that year he played against. Mm-hmm. Like that's really wild. So to like, play against that level yeah. of talent, like looking back at it, I'm, in the moment that probably wasn't fun, and with Huggins, it's probably less fun, but. Now looking back, it's got to be cool to even have that in the memory books for you. Yeah, it was it was a blast. I mean, yeah, playing. It's different because our team was was six seven across the board, right? You know, Deshaun Butler, um, myself, John Flowers, Kevin Jones, Devin Banks, um, yeah, Joe Mazzula. I mean, all Chuck Bryant. I mean, we were. I mean, those two guys weren't six seven, but you know, the other five guys I listed were and. Um, we were able to switch on a consistent basis, right? So, you know, when we switch, we're uh, we're thinking, okay, switch to deny or switch to defend, pushing out towards half court. That didn't happen a lot, right? We weren't able to do that. So, uh, you know, so with that said, we um, we did as best we could with what we had. Uh, and at, at one point, you know, I think th- there was either three to five minutes left to go in the game. We're winning. I think we're up by maybe eight or eight or ten. And he checks back into the game and, you know, you guys know what happens. He ends up, you know, being a superhero and, and we end up, uh, we end up losing, but it's probably the smoothest, uh, you know, smoothest comeback I've seen. Cause he just, he just went off. He went off and uh, he knew the game was in his hands after, uh, after he got back into the game. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, typically you were playing small forward, you get to West Virginia, you have to guard, the Hibberts, how was that transition for you um, to transition mentally to now you have to play basically above what you've been so what used to? Now you're playing these bigs and you're really a three. Um, you know, it's difficult because, you know, my junior season I had uh, had a stress fracture in my shin. I came back from Taiwan and, uh, you know, after playing some really good basketball against some other, you know, against professionals. I did a mission trip to Taiwan where I, you know, where it, was, it was an awesome opportunity, but um, came back with a lump on my shin. 
And I'm like, okay, well, not sure what this is. Um, then it got diagnosed as a stretch fracture. I spent the rest of the summer not doing anything, um, which then I had to blow up to, I blew up to like 240. You know, so again, starting in high school, I was 180 pounds, then blow up to 240. Um, and then, you know, now operating off of one leg and not really telling anybody either, just because I, I can't go through another three hour practices for another year. What I should have done is probably registered it, but that's the long story. Um, but you know, here I am trying to play against these bigger guys and, and not being able to really utilize my, my entire skill, not being able to jump off one foot for, you know, from, you know, not just my junior season, but my senior season. Um, you know, so I just had to change my game, um, had to change the way that I was, um, that I was going to, you know, play. And, and uh, I became, you know, Greg knows me probably now as a shooter and uh, being able to do a little bit of everything. Um, back then I was just straight up playing defense, blocking shots and, and rebounding as best, best as I could. Um, you know, but, but yeah, game, games changed a little bit to, uh, but yeah, again, if I, if I wanted to play, I had to, had to defend these bigger guys, bigger, stronger players. I always say that team like revolutionized a little bit. I, I mean, I'm sure there were other teams that was playing small ball, but you know, playing a six, seven guy at the, at the five, that wasn't normal back then. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins playing in Kentucky on the other side, on the other side was what? He was 6'10", 250, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm probably even doing it justice. He looks bigger, <laughs> bigger on TV than, yeah. than that. Um, but that West Virginia team was like, I, I thought they kind of, you guys kind of really brought that small ball revolution to college basketball with that team. Yeah, you see it more now, I think, with uh, especially with the Big 12. You know, the Big 12 has – um, you, know, you got the six nines and six eights that could do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's what you know. Shoot, if you can find a you know six eight and six nine that doesn't mind shooting threes and just you know plays a stretch four and can also could defend, you know, prototypical five. Um, you're gonna find yourself on a, a really good, really good team, uh, and a really good player, uh, because he'll be able to defend one through five. Um, you know, but again. It's, it's tough to find. You look at the, the more dominant teams right now, you know, Illinois was just on, you know, they got a big seven footer that 280 pounds and freaking a monster probably hasn't shot a three in his life. Um, but where does that fit in, the, in today's NBA? Um, where, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you guys gotta look up. There's a, there's a, a guy that played for Purdue. Is uh, He's like seven, two uh, played, uh, the past in the past two years, I think his last name was Horse or something like that. Maybe this was his nickname. But how is if that guy just can't find an NBA job? You know, where, where does he go? What does he do? Like, he recently he's... graduated, right? That guy, yeah. I, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, he was there. I, I saw him play against Rutgers. I think in, I went to a game in person where he was playing. The, the guy is ridiculously big, it, it yeah. doesn't even make any sense. Massive, um, human. yeah, it's like, but yeah, he also, you're right to your point, Wellington. He's another guy who wasn't taking threes. Like he wasn't even taking. I don't. Even, I don't even think he was taking fifteen footers like that. Like he was just kind of dominating around the basket, which fifteen years ago was fine. And you're gonna find yourself an NBA job because you can walk straight and chew gum at that height, mm-hmm. so you're good. Yeah. But now, like if you can't shoot, there's, there's no place for you, and it's no. crazy. Yeah. So it's just it's just a kind of a. Unfortunately, you're not useless, but you're just not you're not valued. No. I mean, Dwight Howard, I mean, if Dwight Howard comes into the league right now, what is he doing, right? Like, he's just, roll, you know, picking and rolling and catching lobs. Great. That's nice. 
But um, you know, he'll probably he'll he'd probably show that he could shoot a three. Probably have to do that now. Um, it's crazy. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's just different. It's just a different league. Oh yeah, no, I, it kind of reminds me of my Giannis point. You know, thinking about the shooting point. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Antonio, what Wellington got to say on this. No, Antonio, did you agree with him on that? I agreed in the aspect that he needs to add shooting to his game. And he definitely is a factor in why they haven't gone to the next level. I wouldn't go as far as to say that he's not a basketball player, though. Yeah, yeah that was insane. Okay, saying he's not – but all right, I thought people were going to get what I was trying to say, all right? Me saying he's not a basketball player, I, I, I think Giannis is like like the one of the top five greatest athletes to ever, like, walk this earth and he's playing basketball. He knows how to dribble. He, he's added some skill to his game, right? But he still doesn't have a really a post-up game. He still doesn't really, you know, he getting knocked down a 15-footer consistently. He's not that consistent. And he doesn't stretch it out to the three. So I just feel like he there's skills he lacks. that, And he he's a perimeter player. He plays from the perimeter, right? He has the ball in his hands. He doesn't knock down the free throws at a high clip either. So it's kind of like, okay, like, dude, like, you're, you're a guy who's a freak. You're, you're, hence Greek freak. You're a freak, but there's still parts of your game you got sharpened. Like you, you got to become a You got to become like a skilled basketball player. And like he's skilled, like and he's an MVP and he's amazing and he's great. Ooh, I, like it's awesome. But like there's still things he's missing. Like and there's it's big holes. Like we're not talking about little holes. We're talking about a big big holes in this game. So that's what I was trying to say. But I, all y'all really took was the me saying he's not a hooper. Okay. Tone was, clip, was slick putting that as a clip, by the way. <laughs> it was much more educated if you to the whole thing. Tone could continue putting those as clips. I Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you. Um, I just – I don't know what you want him to do, man. Like, I mean, he's he's averaging 30 and 10, and and it's been a two-time MVP. Um, you know, now, granted, this past year, I would have loved if LeBron got it. But, um, but I, I mean, Giannis – I, 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 no question. No there question. We, right, we agree about that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we could agree on that. Um, but Giannis, man, he's just, you got to listen to his draft story. I'm not sure if you listen to that, uh, that, that Woj put out. I have to um, listen to the Woj pod on that. I do. I, yeah. I didn't get through, I didn't, I didn't get to that yet. I'm getting there. It's on my list. Yeah, it's a, it's a three part series. It's actually really good. Um, but I mean, just, just listening to how he, one, how he grew up, and then two, um, what he values, but also, um, you know, what he brought to the game at, at early on, who he was playing against. He was probably playing against some my some high school competition when he was playing over in uh, in Greece. Um, but I mean, from where that where he was then to where he is now, yeah, of course he needs to average. He needs to, he needs to he needs to add shooting to his game. So is LeBron. So does you know like. So is everybody, but he doesn't have, he's not at a stage where right now where he has to. You don't think so? Uh, I don't think he, like, if he's averaging 30, just getting to the rim on a consistent basis and, and also in transition. Yeah. That's one thing. Now I would say in the playoffs, he'll have to show that he can shoot. That's my point. That's all that matters. That's it. Yeah. Like the yeah. 30 points in the, in the regular season, like, yes, that's awesome. Like, but I think every player gets to a point when you start to become like a superstar status, like superstar status. And like, they start mm -hmm. talking about you as a future hall of famer. Like the regular season's not as important. Like for Braun, like what does he have to prove in the regular season? It doesn't matter if he wins another MVP or not. He could, 
it doesn't really yeah. matter. Like for him, it's about winning championships. And so to win, I was listening to the, I was listening to this one clip from Bob Myers, a GM of the Warriors, and he was talking about the difference between playoff basketball and the difference between regular season basketball. And he's like, regular season basketball, like, you know, it's pretty quick. Like they they have quick meetings about who they're going to play. Like, hey, you know, like to go left, like to go right. But like, it's it's a little it's looser, right? And in the playoffs, you get to lock in on what the star player from the opposing team does really, really well. And you have really detailed meetings about how you're going to stop this person and, you, and you're playing that defense to a T. And it's like, you know what they're going to do. And, and that's where he said, that's where like superstars differentiate themselves from like star players. And I just feel like every, like Giannis got outplayed by Jimmy Butler in the series where they played Miami. Like he was outplayed yeah. by him and I knew he was hurt. Like, so I'll give him that. But like the year before against Toronto, he got outplayed too, like by, by Kawhi and those guys. So like, it's just, I think he's too talented to not round out his game because if he doesn't round up the game, I don't think he's going to win a championship. Like, I just don't see it because it's well, just, I'll, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can, I can understand. I think, I think where, where that comes from, I think Giannis could, could probably learn from, he should, he should have learned from these past, past two series, but probably just need to add, you know, more of a mental game, if anything, you know, um, being outplayed by Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is like a, he he just cuts up the game so well. It's like it, it, he just, I mean, he averaged he put, he put up forty points and then all of a sudden put up thirteen and like fifteen assists, um, and you know ten and ten or twelve rebounds. Like he just because he understands where his guys are 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 best to when they're shooting. He understands um, what they're great at, and I, I think Giannis just needs to be able to do something similar, like just. Get into the film room with your guys, let them know where they where they should be or where you, where they're best, um, and put them in a position to be successful. Like, I, yeah, shooting. Yes, he needs to add shooting. But man, I mean, yeah. he's a monster. He's a monster. He's a monster. He's a, he's a monster. Yeah, he's just really good. At he is. He really is really good at basketball. <laughs> like, I, I I know that. I know. I know he's really good at basketball. So. Yes, I, I I tend to engage in like hyperbolic statements. This is not new for me. Like, Wellington, you should know this. I do this all the time. I do this, all, <laughs> this is all I do. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You right. know, so I step into some times, but <laughs> transitioning back back to your career, um, Greg was telling. We saw that you played overseas. How was that playing overseas? Now, was it a smooth transition, especially here now that you basically played everywhere? before you even got to college, how was it playing in another country? Um, you know, so once we, once we came back from, um, you know, from West Virginia, it was, uh, or from, I'm sorry, from the final four and, uh, and got back to West Virginia, it was like, okay, well now life happens, right? So you pick your agent, you pick, um, and then you, you start, you know, you graduate and you start working out trying to figure out, you know, what's the next step where you're going to, where you're going to playing. Um, you know, so got a few offers from different countries, uh, from different clubs. Um, you know, realistically, just the money didn't make sense. And all of a sudden I got this offer to play in Japan where the money did make sense. And, uh, you know, but it's a 16 hour difference. Uh, you know, so I'm on my, on the phone with, uh, you know, with, with, you know, my, my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, we were just, 
while I was going to sleep, she was waking up and we're, we're like trying to trying to do this thing. But, you know, you know, playing all over in, in you know, playing West Virginia, playing in Las Vegas, playing in you know, Arkansas, playing in you know, New York. It just there was there was just, it didn't do it justice. You know, playing in a different country that's 16 hours away from family, friends, uh, you know, people that you can, you can legit hang out with was uh, was definitely difficult. Um, but you know, like I tell all my guys that go off and play somewhere where, the, where it's not home, you know, give it two to three weeks. Understand that you're gonna it's gonna suck for the first two or three weeks. After that, you'll you'll be fine, right? Um, put yourself in a position where you can, you know, you know call home and have, you know get, create a routine. But uh, yeah, for those first two or three weeks, it's gonna stink. So that's exactly what happened. Um, and unfortunately, while I was in Japan, I fractured my foot. Uh, I want to say the third or fourth week I was there, you know, again, I'm coming off of a, I still have my stress fracture in my shin um, that I'm, I'm still playing on and I'm just kind of I'm playing injured to be perfectly honest with you. And I was, but I was used to it. So, but I knew the Japanese league was in no comparison tough as tough as what I was playing against in the Big East. So I, I, I knew I'd be fine for a season if I just kind of get through my shin injury. But then once I fractured my foot, I was like, okay, well, you know, this isn't, this is just a minor setback. I probably need the four months to just kind of rehab anyway. Um, you know, so that's why I rehab my, rehab my shin, rehab my foot. Um, unfortunately, uh, they put a small screw, a, a, a too small of a screw in my foot. Um, you know, so I, uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't get to, to really live out my professional career as much as I would have wanted to. Um, so I, I, I played six games. I came back from my foot injury, played six games. Um, someone ended up stepping on my foot again, fracturing it again. And then at that point, I was just like, I'm, I'm done. I, I, was, I was probably, I was too frustrated uh, knowing what I was there for and not doing what I was there for, right? I was there to play basketball. Um, playing basketball for six games wasn't, wasn't, wasn't enough for me, right? And then having to, and for them to say, you know, I had a couple of just a couple of options. I could either play hurt, which is at six percent, which for them was better than me, better than me leaving, um, or I can say that I'm not going to play at all, but then just come back for the following year, um, and which I took a third option, which was made up and I made up option saying I'm leaving. <laughs> right. So <laughs> at that point, I was just I was just frustrated, and that was like the first major thing I've ever just stopped doing, um, and you know, still. Still think about it to this day, but uh, it, it, it to to be perfectly honest with you, I'm probably I'm, I'm in the position I, I am right now, and I'm perfectly fine with it. But I think it, at, at sometimes uh, I think about that just that, that decision to to leave, you know. So I try not to make rush decisions um, anymore. Although I'm a very impulse decision kind of person, um, just in general, make a lot of impulse decisions. But uh, I try to. I try to just not, just not do that. But again, to answer your question, I know it was long-winded. Um, where I've played, unfortunately, did not compare to uh, to playing in Japan. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that's that's uh, uh, literally across the world and then trying to figure out, like you said, a routine of talking to family and you don't have anybody to hang out with, really. Um, it's definitely an adjustment period. I can't. I can't fathom, um, but go ahead, Greg. 
I was going to say, I mean, I never asked you this too. Like when you left West Virginia your senior year, were you like looking, obviously you, you probably were right. Looking into the draft and was the G league an option? Like what were you looking at there in terms of staying in state and trying to play in the NBA? Yeah. You know, it's realistically, man. And, and hopefully Ruben uh, will go through this one day, but um, I, I, it, uh, I just didn't choose the right agent. I, I, I going back to the process, it was, you know, agents, there's the recruiting you, right? You get paid off of what they do, right? So if an agent has a good book of, a book, book of clients in business um, and has sent guys to G League and sent guys to, you know, other overseas opportunities, um, then, you know, you're going to, you, the normal process would be, you know, to just go and with that agent that has the best clients, has the best book of business, and that is actually recruiting you. Um, now I went for the guy that was actually recruiting me, right? But, you know, he personally did not have a book of business. His partner did. Um, and uh, and although uh, it, it probably wasn't the best decision that I could have made, it was a decision I made and I stuck with. Um, but, you know, the other guys that I had an opportunity to, to be... Um, to be recruited by, uh, from an agent standpoint, uh, one guy said he was going to you know, send me to IMG. If you ever been to IMG, oh my god, uh, facilities are amazing. Um, you know, it, it's just it's, you got to take a look at the you know the, the IMG tour uh, in, in Bradenton, Florida. It was just remarkable. Um, you know, so he you know, and he was talking to my parents. He was he was doing all the right things. I just I just wasn't trying to hear it. Uh, another guy who was actually um, Lance Thomas's agent, and Lance Thomas, you guys know Lance Thomas played yeah, for uh, the Nets. Yeah, yeah, played for the Nets, Knicks. played for the Knicks. Yep, played at Duke, averaged mm-hmm. you know four points a game, ended up having a great career with the uh, with the Knicks. Right, so uh, his agent was was saying, you know, well, you know, we'd love to have you. I think you have an opportunity with G League. Think I get you a couple workouts. Nothing, right? So, uh, so I decided not to decide not to go with him. Went with another guy and didn't see a workout. Uh, was getting was getting poor offers, and this is like I'm. I just I just won the Big East championship with my team. Uh, just uh, just went to a Final Four, right? You know, guys that, that go that do those two things shouldn't be getting you know, you know, thinking back on it, guys that do those two things shouldn't be getting these you know these bad offers when these not out of even a look. All right. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it was, I didn't, I unfortunately did not get a, a draft opportunity. I did not get a, a, a workout. Um, but you know, all things happen for a reason. They definitely do. No, they definitely do. And I've, I've actually never asked you about that. And it's, it's, it's wild that like, you don't think about the minute details. You don't think about the, the process of getting an agent when you're on the outside looking in, you just think, Hey man, this guy can ball. Like, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen for him. So I, that's, that's, that's uh, crazy to think about for sure. I mean, just hearing that story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of part of the journey, you know, part of my journey. It was too right bad. Rich now. Paul wasn't around. <laughs> Rich, <laughs> Paul. God, Rich Paul would have done nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you like in college boss? Who do you like in college basketball right now? Like, are you, keeping up to date with some of the uh athletes now um well you know as a as a 
team. I love what we're doing at West Virginia. Um, I mean, just just guys just is. I think they go eight or nine deep, and all of them are playing, just playing so hard. Um, you know, so I really like what they're doing. I like uh, I like Baylor. Uh, I like Baylor too. I mean, have you ever seen those guys play? They just play. It's literally like you know, bring take the ball from side to side, and you know, after a few passes from side to side, somebody just breaks somebody else down and go to the hoop, right? When they play, I forgot who they play. I think they played Illinois. Um, I mean, they they were just hooping. They were hooping. So I mean, like those guys, uh, I appreciate what Jalen Suggs can do. Man, he's he's just super talented or Gonzaga, um, super athlete. I love his decision to go go Gonzaga, um, where he could have went anywhere else. I love that decision. We just beat up on those Gonzaga, you know, the Gonzaga conference, and then uh, but still have the, uh, you know, the, the 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 wherewithal to compete against the Dukes and the Kentuckys of the world. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I mean, yeah, this just, college basketball is also a little bit different right now too, right? Like you have. Uh, you know, you have these guys you know, like West Virginia and, and Illinois and, uh, and Gonzaga and Iowa that are like your top top ten, right? You know, Duke isn't even is uh, is like an afterthought. I think they're out, they're not in the top ten anymore. Kentucky not in the top fifteen. Nope. I don't think. Nope. You know, Kansas is the only blue blood that's actually still there. Um, I mean, just a, it's just an entirely different league. And Rutgers, I think, is rated higher than Duke, if I'm not mistaken. Rutgers is 19 now. Rutgers is balling, man. You know, I'm, I was telling my Ron Harper. I my, yeah. And I was telling my wife, like, if, if Rutgers was recruiting me right now, I'd probably take a look at Rutgers, right? Just because. I'm saying. I mean, yeah, they have the college campus, uh, they have the facilities, um, they have the, the alumni base. You got, you're right next to New York, right? So you have the, you know, opportunity to go to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only knock on, I would say, Rutgers in comparison to West Virginia. Is when you go and visit that that athletic facility, it's for everyone. It's for all the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to Georgetown's athletic facility, it's for all the athletes, not just for basketball, not just for, you know women's basketball. It's for you know volleyball, basketball, uh, gymnastics. <laughs> you know, I, I think football obviously has their own facility, but it's, I mean, it, all the athletes are, are there. Now it's great for you know social standards and everything like that, but I mean, when you go to West Virginia, there's a basketball practice facility. Women's, men's, they part ways in the middle, and everybody has their own everything. Um, but but yeah, yeah, uh, I, I like uh, I like yeah I like where college basketball is right now. I saw I saw the uh, the facilities at West Virginia. So I, I, you made the right choice. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. But yeah. I, I think it's so cool that the New Jersey schools, um, particularly Rutgers, but seniors hall, Seton Hall's a little bit of a, a little bit of a downswing since Miles Miles left. But um, I think it's cool that they're actually becoming more of a destination now, and hopefully they can keep more of their town in state because uh, watching Rutgers be good, like it's it's a lot of fun watching Seton Hall be good last year with Miles Powell. That was a lot of fun going to some of those games. But I didn't expect to see what I'm seeing from Ron Harper right now either. So it's it's dope yeah. to see them kind of surging right now in a weird year. Yeah, he's hooping. My my buddy, my buddy who's on that staff said he can he could you know, guard one through five. 
Yeah. I never thought he I never thought he could personally shoot it until he's you know knocking down seven threes in the game on consistent yeah. basis. Yeah, I mean he's 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 playing really well. That's the biggest difference in the game too, from like last year to this year, and even his freshman year, like the shot it's not the shot selection. I feel like it's the same. He always he always played with that confidence, but now he's knocking it down. Mm-hmm. So he's you're seeing those twenty seven and seven games more often, and it's like okay, like now the NBA might be a thing where maybe you can look at that. Maybe he maybe he tries to make that jump next year. Who knows? I would. Sure. Yeah. He's averaging twenty some points a game in the Big Ten. Big uh, Ten. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Be, uh, would, he'd be dumb not to do it. Not to not to at least try to see where he, where he will, would uh, would end up. And his dad was cold too, but people don't even realize his dad was cold uh, yeah. before the you know pre pre injury. Uh, he mm-hmm. was cold, so I mean it's it's in the bloodline. But that that's really cool. His little brother's really good too. He's got a little brother. Little brother, really good. Where's he at? I don't know. Junior, junior. I'm not sure what he is, but he's, he's really, <laughs> he is really good. Is he? Is he in Jersey? He's a local kid. He's in, he's in Jersey. Yeah. Well, you yeah his, we got to get his Instagram so I can recruit him for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so his mom actually coaches him, and she's actually she she had to be a, a really good player um, because she actually coaches him really well. She coaches their team. I forgot what they're called. I want to say it's, I think it's called Six Rings because Ron Harper uh, mm-hmm. played footballs, um, and and also the Lakers. I think he picked up a couple of rings while he was at the Lakers too. But uh, it's called, I think it's called Six Rings, you know, AU Club or something like that. And uh, she has a great she has a great job. She has a great job, and you know, obviously basketball in the family. So that's so dope. Yeah. That's so dope. Speaking speaking of AAU, how did you get into actually coaching there's a lot of people that play but then don't decide to coach or don't decide to start an AAU program what inspired you to actually get into that and to actually give back and help these young players progress their game uh to be perfectly honest with you Antonio I really didn't want to (laughs) yeah you know I realized it, it started being gratifying like when I was in it so um to make a long story short I realized that I'm not going to make that no one but me will be able to make my program be what it is. Right. So before I had, I had people coaching for me and trying to basically grow it while, you know, they're not bringing the same energy I was, um, or, you know, they're not the name that I, that I am, right. They don't have the, that, that, uh, that background, uh, that I did. Right. So, you know, I, I first coached, my first AAU basketball game after two years of having my own program um, and, and coach and having teams. I think I had three teams at the time. Um, and I first, my, my first game when I'm not, I just, I was just walking by and I realized, Oh, my coach isn't here. You know, he was late and couldn't show up. So I ended up coaching the game and uh, it was a blast. Instantly got hooked. And um just, just seeing the, just seeing kids get better. I mean, my my daughter just recently learned how to make a layup, and just seeing that like, I saw, off. I saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Long, was, long the king of posting the wholesome content on, the, on his Instagram posts. Everything's <laughs> wholesome on his Instagram, bro. <laughs> just you know, just you know, just a dad, and you know, just a dad and a husband trying to trying to do the right thing. Um, <laughs> No, but it's just to see light go off, light bulb going off on these with these kids, and um, and seeing them reach their full potential. And when and when you know a kid uh, tells me what they want, um, 
you know, I, I want to try my best to, to, to give that to them, but also you know, make sure they're realistic about their goals um, mm. and their aspirations, right? So, you know, I've had kids, uh, we have this platform called Sports Recruits. And on sport, you know, we, we, I like to say that we invest back into our program and you know, not just we invest with the coaches, you know, people like Greg and that help our program, uh, but we invest in, you know, uh, in technology to, to really push things forward, right? So, you know, um, we have this, this program called Sports Recruiters gives us access to all the college coaches' contact information in America, right? All their emails. Uh, we get, we put, can put, you know, videos and SATs and GPAs and ACT scores and um, all this, uh, and they could create their own platform or profile page. You know, so it's interesting, man, when I start seeing folks start, you know, trying to message Coach K and trying to message like, you know, these big time D1s, Coach Izzo and all these guys, I'm like, guys, what are you doing, right? You're just, you're just not there. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I don't think they get it um, because, you know, they need to look at a player that's their size, that's their, that's their ability and say, okay, what do I need to do to kind of get to that point? Um, you know, okay, if you're 6'10", look at a 6'10 guy, understand what, what he looked like in high school. Look, Google him, right? YouTube, watch his YouTube videos. Uh, I know we're going on a tangent here, but I mean, I, I just love being able to give back um, to the game and, uh, and uh, it's and also be able to put provide for uh, provide an opportunity for these guys and, and gals to be able to play basketball and, and hopefully the game that they love. Nah, I appreciate you saying that because that's something that's actually a very relevant thing with now and even when me and Greg were growing up. My pops used to always say this to me: "Stop living a pipe dream." Like I was, I swore I was going to University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. I swore <laughs> I was going there at 5'10", yeah. and obviously it did not happen. But <laughs> I think that is key that we need to be able to have that conversation with some of these young players of really having not only realistic goals, but like you said, I was growing up, my favorite player was Kobe. Mm-hmm. So I had to realize I'm not 6'6", so I can't do what Kobe does. So I had to watch yeah. players, like you said, like my height, my style, um, my size, Nate Robinsons, the Spud Webbs, the Isaiah Thomas is not Detroit Piston Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah mm-hmm. Thomas from Bought like, and that's where I started actually then progress my game. But that's not the flashy thing, and that's not the big thing. Going to uh, NJCU or William Patterson, you we automatically just, hey, I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I, I would say this. I would say. Um, and, and Coach Mantegna, you know, I still talk to him to this day. Um, and he said, he, one of his quotes that he mentioned to me that he probably got from somebody else, everybody's stealing something. Um, uh, does your perspiration match your aspirations? Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, God, like that's, that makes so much sense, right? So if you're all of a sudden you're telling me, Antonio, that you want to be, uh, you want to go to Chapel Hill, you know, you, you try to find a kid, there's probably a kid that's six feet, you know, maybe five, 10. You know, 11 right? so on, on Chapel Hill's bench, I'm telling you, okay, well, what, what if you need, you, there's no days off, right? If, if Isaiah Thomas is able to dunk, uh, you need to be able to dunk, right? Like, all right. Like if Isaiah Thomas is touching, uh, at AU games, 
you need to be catching all these AAU games. If I, if he's like if he's shooting at a high clip, and uh, and is leading his team while while being efficient, you need to do that same. Like so, now there's 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 pipe dreams like, you know, like like you know saying whatever. But then there's like yeah. you know there's there's actualities. Now, you know, could you have said okay, I want to play at Chapel Hill, and all of a sudden I'm going to and, and maybe not make it to Chapel Hill, but maybe make it to Seton Hill. Right, or maybe play at Seton yeah. Hall, or maybe play at uh, you know, at Fairfield or Lafayette or Lehigh. Shoot, you're still getting a free education. You're still playing Division One basketball. Um, even better, right? So like, you know, you aim for the moon or aim for the stars, land on the moon, right? And like, yeah, that's uh, and and I, I just want people's, I just want these kids to be able to understand that whatever happens. Uh, I fell in love with the game. I fell in love with my basketball. Um, hoping that they do too, because you know when that happens, you know it, it's not just oh I don't really want to play basketball right now. It's like like no, I'm playing basketball. I love it, and I'm playing basketball every single day. I'm walking with my basketball. I'm dribbling. I'm washing it. Right. I'm I'm giving it a name. I'm I'm sleeping with it. Like there's just like <laughs> there's a passion there that I, I, I um, people think that they have until they realized and they look back when I was like, ah, you know, I'll, yeah, it's, it's nice to play division one. I'll just play division three. It's cool. You know, I really don't want to, I don't want to make division one my, my, my full-time thing. Cause the way that I talk about it, it's a full-time job. And that I probably turned some people off, but uh, it, it doesn't turn off the guys that are serious about it. Yeah. Hey, Greg, I think we found the title of this episode. Does your perspiration Match your aspiration. There, Yo, there go the titles. Coach, coach, <laughs> he he glossed over uh, Coach Matekna. That guy's the goat, man. Like I, oh, we had, awesome. we had. A, he's a head coach at Blair, um, and at Blair Academy. And he's, you know, he we had a couple Zoom calls with the players, and he hopped on and kind of explained his offense, broke down film with us, and it it was just like an incredible learning experience. Like to hear him break down offense, to hear him break down defensive rotations and to, to break down what other teams doing, what they're doing on offense, things like that. Like it, it is, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. So, you know, Wellington got and got the, went out there and got the PhD for basketball. And then, you know, I try to pick up <laughs> off that too. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get little, little breadcrumbs here too, every, every here and there. But like, but he was saying about like, knowing you want to do something and like, you know, your perspiration matching your aspirations. Like, I think that's even like something you can, equate to like you outside of basketball right like you say you want life. something life in general right like when i started coaching wellington like i i went into it like saying yeah, i want to be a trainer i want to be a coach and everything and it didn't turn me off to it but i also realized how much work goes into this the kind of sacrifice you got to make how many times i had to tell my girlfriend nah i can't go out to dinner with you tonight i'm gonna go to pittsburgh instead of wellington she's like oh, okay like <laughs> like it was it was a lot yeah. of that it was a lot and, of and sleep on the floor right and, and sleep on the floor sleeping on the floor, yeah. sleeping on the floor. Like, and um, like just grabbing meals when you can like yeah like it's going it's to sheets going yeah. to sheets driving and, and i honestly like i wouldn't treat any of those experiences for anything i would do it all over again i hopefully i get hopefully we can do it all over again um yes. down the line but you know I, that just goes to show like some it's not for everybody like that's not for everybody you give your life to this even if you're not playing basketball at d1 level like just to be a coach and to coach an aau program and to be a part of an aau program like that that takes a lot of resolve and takes a lot of like you know wellington gives a lot of himself to this program and so um you know i've always i've always respected and admired it and so i've always tried to yeah no honestly and, and i and i um 
I try to match that energy when I come out with the team. And you know, a, lot, a lot of the guys that we've coached are like little brothers to me, like to this day. So I, yeah. it, I, I get an adrenaline rush just thinking about it because it's so much fun. Um, but I also can see how like it's just so relatable, like that quote, because that wouldn't be for everybody. Trust me. <laughs> no, no. And it's like, you know, it, it goes back to this past this past summer. Right? I'm, I'm thinking about this past summer we had. We, we put together uh, our players only league, um, you know, after we realized that you know, we were able to play basketball again, um, you know, at least outside. You know, so I, we put together this league, uh, you know, with the help of, of Rich Stack and, and what he was able to do over the course with, with the with the town of Madison. Um, and we, we put together a, a, a great opportunity for these guys to get noticed. But with that said, in, in March, I had tryouts. And I made four high school teams, right? Like, which was unheard of for me. Like, I'm like, I was one of 15U, a 16U, a 17U. Then I was like, fuck, I have to have a 15U, a two 16Us and two 17s. All right, Greg, you're gonna coach one. I'm gonna coach the other. Like, you guys, got, I am so happy that we didn't have that that high school season. Like, I'm so happy just because I would, I, I would, be, that would have been the toughest high school season for us to have, um, where I should have just cut people loose. Right, but I didn't end up doing that. So what ended up happening was I had this, this, this. We had this league, and I ended up having you know, 12, 13 guys on the roster, and now I have to figure out, okay, how do I make this happen? How do I make this work? Um, so then I had like twenty guys. I, I had to invite some other guys to come and play. I had twenty guys at a practice, two two times a week. We weren't really getting any better. We weren't really focusing on anything. Uh, we couldn't play man offense. We weren't playing man defense. Guys didn't really know each other, didn't really know what they could do, and they suffered, right? Um, you know, so all that is to say, like, yeah, there's a sacrifice uh, because what I would have loved to do was just say, you know, no, there's just going to be eight guys, eight, nine guys. We're going to play, you know, just with one team, and we're going to have a great time. Um, but you guys, the other guys just find your other way, and, you know, you're sacrificing what you're, what you're comfortable with a lot too, um, because you just, you just, I mean, I, I was doing what I was thinking was right because not a lot of people was going to have not a lot of teams and people were going to have basketball during the course of the summer, you know? So when, when kids are out there looking for opportunity, you know, I'm like, come over here and join us. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, so I, I, I thought I was doing the right thing, but well, you know, lo and behold, I wasn't. You're a captain's favorite kid. You're kind yeah. of a kid, Wellington. That's what it is. You want to cut anybody. We we had tryouts, and and that I remember that tryout vividly because a lot of a lot of kids showed up. I, I, you know, we were in a little bit of a bigger venue, I guess, but we filled up oratory one time. I think that one was relatively mild, in my opinion, like the turnout. But mm -hmm. we had some really good players show up, and mm -hmm. and we're watching this whole thing kind of unfold. And I'm like, like I'm watching as I'm watching the entire the, the kids play. I'm like, okay, we're gonna probably have four teams like i'm thinking that yeah. in my head i'm like i don't even know who i would cut and like well there were there were the obvious people that it was obvious but like yeah. at the same time like you're, you're still thinking like yo we're probably gonna have like four teams i don't know how we're gonna do this but at the same time i'm thinking i'm excited i get to be and i get to be greg popovich you know i get to be a coach. <laughs> i'll be a head coach but yeah. i remember we talked about it we were gonna I, i'm used to being like wellington's like assistant like on the bench and like so I am just kind of soaking that in. So when I realized that wasn't going to happen, we was just, it was like almost like a heartfelt goodbye. Like, damn, like I'm not going to be your assistant <laughs> coach anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I have to coach my own team. Yeah, no, but there are, there have been some times where I've, I've I've put you in a position where you've had to be the you know had to be the guy. Then I, I, I messed you up. The I, I definitely messed you up one time. Messed up the whole time team. <laughs> um, which, which I know you want to bring up. <laughs> Let me tell you the story, Tony, real quick. So so we I think this tournament. Um, well, I don't even remember why you had to why you got to take the leave of absence. Why you get to go? I can't even remember that. But I remember it was, I just, uh, our, our, our 15s. I was coaching our 15s and 17s right. at the time, and our 15s were playing at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. So our, so our, um, I believe at the time, 16s. I think Ruben, that was the year before they were 17. Um, mm-hmm. They, they were playing. Um, I was his, his assistant coaching that team, and we were playing. We played well. Like I think the first game we played without Wellington, <laughs> 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 we we won um we won guys played well you know i try to rotate guys in and out um honestly ruben, I, I ruben put up like 40 ruben had a great game ruben had a great game okay <laughs> ruben, what happened was I, I had ruben rolling like ruben was going crazy like he was getting like 30 20 hitting threes just playing great playing great so we played this really good team the next morning uh new haven heat Never forget it because something really something crazy happened in that game. Someone got banged on. It was it was wild. I'm not gonna say his name. I'm not gonna say his name because I love this guy. I love yeah. my guy. I'm not gonna say let's his name. It, let's, let's leave him alone. No, I'm leaving him alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving him alone. But we played that game. Yo, Ruben's rolling. Like first half, like they come out. I think that New Haven Heat went on like a 10-0 run. Team full of athletes, like just like bunch. Of, I think there was there had to be a couple. There were at least three or four D1 guys on that team. Um, okay. No question about it. So tell run, we come back. I, honestly, we come back in the huddle. I don't remember why I said I was, I was just kind of like, guys, like, I just called this time to settle you guys down because you guys are like looking at them and like you guys are clearly just losing your your stuff. And I didn't put it that way, but I'm just cleaning it up for the bench mob. But I think you guys are clearly <laughs> losing your stuff. Let's just go back out there, run our offense. And and then I pull Ruben to the side. I'm like, yo, just when you catch the ball, just go. Like, just go. That's, that's really what I said, just go. Just go. Like, just play hoop like we at the Y. Just go. So, catches the ball. First buck, first play, whip off the baseline. Two-step lay on, the, on their big. And one. He had, like, four four and ones in a row. Hit a three. Here comes Wellington. We're, we're, yo, at this point, I think we closed the half. We were down two. I think we were right here. We were we were losing by ten. We were close to half. We were down two. Wellington comes back. So Wellington comes back. It's like this unspoken thing. Well, you know, it's his thing. It's his ship. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's Wellington the show. Like, I, you know, I think he, I think he saw enough of what was happening to kind of know what to do from here. So I was like, all right, bro, you're back. Like, you know, let's go, let's get to it. Calls that in the huddle. First mistake. Didn't put Ruben, didn't start Ruben in the second half. I was, like, I, was like, I was like, on the bench, I'm sitting there, I'm looking, I'm like, oh my God. And and when Wellington put out the five. And I love all these guys. Like, it's not even like <laughs> But Ruben was going crazy. So I'm, I'm looking, I look at my dad at glance. My dad's just, like, looking at me like, the hell? What's going on? <laughs> like, what's going So one thing that's about that, he's, he's, running, he's running our offenses, like, our sets. These yeah. dudes are sitting on our stuff. Like, it's not working. No. He puts, he, by the time Wellington realizes what's going on, he puts Ruben in. It's too late. Ruben's already lost his rhythm. It's done. <laughs> like yep. we yep. we go on to lose the game. I don't I don't I don't even know how bad the loss was. I think it might have been like a what, 10, 15 point loss. We were somewhere in that range. But yeah. um no, it was I, tough. I, I give Wellington a hard time about all, a hard time about that all the time. But <laughs> it, it was it was tough. And now now and nowadays, what I just what I do now, I just if 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 I'm if I'm caught in that position again, I just let them go. 
And like, it, you got you obviously know the rhythm of the game. It, it, you know what was difficult was seeing the other parents and them just being like, mm-hmm. and then them freaking out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, shoot, man. It's the, thing about, it's the thing about AAU too. Like, so I, now I think the cool thing is I was so naive at the time. I don't think about what parents are thinking. Like, I'm not thinking about that. You shouldn't. I don't, you shouldn't. I don't, I don't have a like that yeah, perspective. So I'm just like, yo, how am I going to win this game? Yeah. yeah. Ruben, you just, shouldn't. Just go hoop. Like, just go do, do what you do. Like, and, and yeah. to, to be fair, Eric was hooping in that game. So he played really well. Eric played well every game. Um, but I, 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 you know, like, I don't think about that. I didn't even see the sideline. You got a chance to see that as you walked in. So I'm sure the parents are kind of looking at you like, come on now. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, has, he only played five minutes. Like, Greg's out here yeah. killing me. Like, what's going on? So I didn't yeah. even think about that. But no. No, no, no. I should never do what you but I did. And, and to this day, I still I still apologize to Ruben. I'm like, Ruben, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ruben could have had a, you know, a highlight, highlight uh, game, game and could have showed that game to whoever. But, yeah, you know, definitely one of those things that, Right after the game, I was like, "My bad, bro," because um, <laughs> I, I just knew, I just knew, I just I was in the wrong. I'm, I have no problem with admitting admitting when I'm wrong. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's no, the no problem? Speaking of with this this story, what's the biggest difference between coaching and playing? Um, playing, I think playing. I I always knew I could impact the game either on the defensive side or on the offensive side, right? Like if I had a turnover, I'd say, okay, I'll, I'll get it back. Like I'll make that up um, with a block or a deflection or a steal. Um, I think with coaching, it's just like trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out people and you're trying to figure out egos and you're trying to figure out who can do what at the best, the best, right? So you mentioned, Mention Ruben. Okay, Ruben is like an amazing athlete, uh, and 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 has, has improved his shooting. Could always get to the rim. Could always go by somebody. Um, and then you know there were some things that we, all of our guys had to work on, right? But like, I think Ruben was trying trying to learn understand how to play AAU basketball a year before, you know. So it was okay. Well, I know he, I have him to have you know the other guy Eric. Okay, well, Eric is really good. A little bit of everything, so I think I could I could put him in a position where you know, he'd be fine, right? And he'll be able to find his own points. He find on call play for him. Um, same, but so so can Ruben. So it's like with, to be perfectly honest with you, I think I don't think I ever told Greg this, but like Greg and but Ruben and, and Eric were like were so similar because they didn't need much in order to be to to compete um, and to play because and to score. And the impact of the game, yeah. So to answer your question, uh, from from coaching and playing, it's it's just figuring out people, um, and and Mingo will get on me and say, "Oh, you're too nice." You're too, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to like I, I literally try to figure out like um, what makes them go, and and then try to try to try to you know take that off a little bit. Um, there are some guys I could just piss them off. Like you know, we had this kid named Pete. And I just, I knew I just could piss Pete off, but just like, but spat off the mouth and just saying like, oh, this guy doesn't think you're tough, man. I saw, I saw him tell his coach, like, he thinks you're soft and, you know, you can't, you know, just go right by him. That, that would piss Pete off um, and make him play even harder. 
you know, these, these kids nowadays, I, I'm not really, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out with, with even if our, our existing players, that have, guys that have played with me over the course of, you know, two, three times, still trying to figure them out. Um, and, uh, and and see exactly how they can impact the game when they're not scoring, you know, when things are going bad, and then when the things are going good, right? So I know I'm giving long-winded answers, but uh, but yeah. That's funny enough you mentioned that. I was uh, working out yesterday, and one of my peoples that played when Mingo was an assistant coach, I forgot at what school, and was saying how hard Mingo was on him. He said, yo, Mingo made me want to quit basketball. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't doubt it with with the way he jumps on people, but you know, when he does it, he does it with love and with affection, right, and, and care. Like he he really cares. Um, which there's not a lot of basketball coaches out there doing that right nowadays. Yeah, um, he's a, he's an old school grinding out hoop, you know, basketball coach. Um, you know, where I'm like, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you mess around for a little bit. Like I'll let you get out of your system. Um, but don't do that thing, you know, three, four times down the floor. Then I have to call burn a timeout, and now I have to get pissed off. Like there's, there's only a certain amount of times where I get mad and I start cursing people out, and it's when, and you guys hear my voice, hear my demeanor. I don't do that often, um, you know. So you start messing around three, four times, uh, you're gonna get that timeout. You're gonna get cursed out, and you're gonna, you, you, I'll threaten the, you to say, well, I'll just leave, and you guys do what you want. Like it will be, and I, and I never had to do that. I don't think Greg, did I have to do that with, I think one time in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Where, was, yeah. I think that though, we went on a run after that, that, I, and I think, was that where you broke the clipboard? You broke the clipboard. <laughs> I think you did break the clipboard in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I think I that was the, the same clipboard. day, the same game. You broke the clipboard. I still have the broken yeah. clipboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bro. It, it, it pisses me off even to this day. Cause I'm like, yo, we just drove six hours. In right. a van with 17 people. For real. And you're telling me that this team, which couldn't hold a, a candle to our team, mm-hmm. is beating us by five to 10? Like, what are we doing? And then I th- after that, you know, uh, there's some other words I said, but after that, I mean, these guys jump, jump right back into it. Now, it didn't help that the game was like at nine o'clock, um, yeah. but, you know, it is what it is. We get some bad scheduling that, that, that uh, tournament. But we we turned it around, though. There's no respect, bro. No, we don't respect <laughs> no yo, respect. man. Yo, Wellington, Wellington's name ring bells. They can they schedule us for nine o'clock games, bro. I don't want to wake up early to play. Schedule me for eleven o'clock. I'm with yeah. Wellington. <laughs> There's no respect, man. I mean, it's, it's wow. Our program is, is starting to now get some notoriety. It's kind of crazy. Like, unfortunately, these guys, you know, the, the Rubens and the Eric's and and the Pete's and the Collins, though they're not, they're, they're unfortunately not reaping the benefits of all the hard work and effort that they put into it. All these guys are, and that's how normally things work, right? When you leave a program, you, you leave it, hopefully you leave it a better one than where you found it. Um, you know, so now we're starting to get guys, like my past four or five um, Instagram posts have been about guys committing to colleges, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, guys are starting to get ranked now from our program star got you know what one guy got a, a division one offer right that's that's you know all, yeah sean logan uh makes, six, makes, nine, sense. makes sense right six nine can put the ball on the floor can shoot it from three can block shots um has first original offer from fairly dickinson got a division two offer from fairmount state Sheesh. right so like he has a place to go 
Um, and hopefully, you know, as he starts playing more and more, and just everyone will start. I mean, Chase Clark, he's gonna. You heard me talk about him. He's gonna. He's gonna. He'll, he'll one day get a Division One offer. Um, uh, Logan Hallen, six seven, just monster in the post. He's gonna get a Division One offer, right? Uh, and, and you hope you know these other guys. You know, Drew Stacks and, and Nick Shore. They're they're, go, they're gonna play back college basketball. Yep. Everyone a part of our program now is focused on playing college basketball and not just playing because they want to make their high school team. Right. I think, at least they're selling me a bag of goods, um, yeah. which we didn't have before. Um, you know, so, you know, when somebody, yeah. so when somebody tells me now, oh, I just want to, I just want to have, be really good in high school. I'm like, ah, Okay, I'm going to talk to this other kid to see what, he's, what, he's about, what he wants to do. The, the, the bar has been raised. The yeah, bar has like, been raised. You want to be really good in high school? That's great, bro. Like, that's not going to that's not going to help us win a tournament. No. Right? Like, it's not going to help. That's not going to help. That's not going to help that your teammate who wants to play college basketball um, no. get noticed because all of a sudden this guy that doesn't want to play college basketball um, is now you know turning the ball over and. And not running back on defense because that's not his ultimate goal. No. Um, you know, he's trying to get noticed, trying to get, he's trying to be seen. If, if the team, if we win, if the team wins, individuals will win, right? Because mm-hmm. we'll go further. Um, you know, so you know, hopefully these guys start understanding that soon. No, we, we saw that happen in uh, Albany. And I know we're going on a, t- a tangent going down memory lane. So I'm, I'm, we'll get back to regularly scheduled program in a second. <laughs> but in Albany, we saw that's where Ruben got that uh, SUNY Onieto offer. I think um, mm-hmm. I think Jael got an offer there too. Ish mm-hmm. got an offer. Like guys were getting offers when he won. So like, it's it's true. Like I, I don't know if people necessarily believe it. Like when you first no. say it, like it's kind of like they just think showing up to the tournament's enough, and it's just not. Like we gotta no. win. Like we can't just. It's not enough to just be here, guys. Like we get bounced off this court. We're not playing. With, with the guys that I affectionately called the, the 19 you, you know, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like dude, you play mm-hmm. with some serious D one hoopers on these courts. Like it, yep. you got to win to get there. And, and yeah. And the, yeah. yeah. That, that tournament was, was, was actually the best that we've ever played. And I kept on, yeah. I kept on saying to the guys, like, guys, this is our national championship. Like this is the gym rat challenge. And, and Antonio, for, and for the people listening that don't know, uh, there's a, a, a tournament at the end of the summer called the Gym Rat Challenge. Um, I think it's in, in June or whatever. Yeah, I think June before uh, the July break. Um, and uh, it's called the Gym Rat Challenge up in Albany, New York. And it's one of the best ran tournaments uh, around. Right? Great job. Do a great job on social. Do a great job you know, putting teams together. Um, but I knew that, w- that our co- type of competition and the coaches that would be at that particular event, which is Division Three and Division Two coaches, would would love our guys. I knew that going into the season, this is going to be our culmination moment. Um, you know, so playing the hoop hoops and, and getting smoked in hoop group early on, to then competing and then winning, starting winning games, and then playing in the fourth or fifth game at hoop group, um, then all of a sudden playing at the gym right challenge, right hitting our stride at the right moment. I was like, all right. We're ready for this. Uh, so we ended up playing six games and going into the uh, six game that in that champion in the gym rat challenge. Um, but every game, once we, once we got to the playoffs of that game of that tournament, it was what Riverside Hawks, um, a really good competitive team, I think from New York as well. 
where we didn't have, really have a prototypical center. We just had guys that can that can that were playing really well together, and everybody had a, was playing unselfish. Um, that's when Ruben and Eric really went off, um, and uh, and just everybody started just competing. But unfortunately, we hit a wall uh, <laughs> once we got to the championship game. But but yeah, <laughs> yeah, his name Zed Key. Yeah, it was a big ass wall. He's at he's at Ohio State. <laughs> he's at Ohio yeah. State now, I think, right? Or is it Cincinnati? I don't even know which. I think Ohio State's where he went. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was. Uh, he was. Last, last question before we transition to the last segment. One piece of advice you would give to somebody that wants to start an AAU program. Uh, I would start by what do you want your AU program to represent? Um, and, and what are you doing it for? What are, you know, what are your reasons? Are you doing it just because you want the notoriety of having an AU program and be able to you know, say that you got somebody to a college or are you doing it to make money? Are you doing it, which is okay, right? I mean, everybody has to make money at some point, um, but are you trying to really trying to help out the athlete? Um, and then, you know, characteristics and, and, and and uh, what you want your AU program to be about. Um, I, I learned so much from you know, other AU programs uh, this past summer. Um, one in particular really, really uh, uh, showed their worth, you know, showing up to games an hour early, all the kids and all the, all the coaches, showing up to a game an hour early where, you know, they're, they're warmed up, They've got extra shots up. They got their shoes on. You know they're engaged. We're our guys, right? We were showing up five, ten minutes before the game started, walking in with our sandals on. I'm not sure why people have sandals on. You're still playing outside. I might as well come up with your hoop, your hoop shoes on. Um, but you know, if the kids don't show up an hour early, then they're not starting. And they could be one of the starters. They could be one of the, the superstars. You're not starting. You miss a practice, you're not, you're not starting. Um, you miss a, you miss a game, you're not starting, right? Like you might be playing minimum uh, minimum minutes. I let people I let people kind of do what they want to do at times, realizing that you're not helping us. I'm not helping I'm not helping you guys by saying it's okay to miss a game, right? I should be penalizing you just like I penalize everybody else, just like my coach was would have penalized me if I missed a practice. Um, so really got to understand what you want your AU program to be about, why you're doing it, uh, and what you're trying to what you're trying to do to impact the the kids in the uh, in the area. Makes sense. Um, I think that's something that goes overlooked is actually within starting one is the athlete. That's what the the most important thing in that whole process is helping out the athlete more than anything that it's doing for you personally of course like you said money is needed but it should be in my opinion you should be doing it to help out the athlete um to help them go further it's a thankless it is a thankless um process these yeah. guys yeah they you know they'll appreciate it later but you, you know buy them some food Buy them whatever. You, know, you, you I mean you 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 help. You try to help out, right? Mm. Try to try to ask. For, try to try to get a thank you, <laughs> right? You'll send a note to a coach. Uh, yeah, see, see if you get a thank you, right? Like, 
it's, it is it is thankless. Um, but they understand and they'll appreciate it later, um, which which I get. And they're also teenagers, teenage boys, so and girls, right? So, uh, what, what girls are actually a lot better than the boys are. They really are. Like, <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Unity, Unity girls, girl, the Unity uh program for the the girls, the girls team in specific is very talented. Yeah. Um, they yeah. seem to win everything. Um, they're doing they're doing really well. Eric Eric Younger has done a great job with with those girls, and um, you know he, he's going to have a bigger role in our in our uh, in our program. Like, he, you know, we have two guys that literally quit their job and said, "I'm only doing basketball." Mm. which you know you have two guys like that it's like you know great um how can i help all right so you know putting them in a position where they are now you know they have access to literally you know, our one of our entire database but also you know the kids that are on their team and they're also making money on on the side from what also what, what we're doing with them and, and they're creating their own relationships within summit um, you have guys from Newark and Irvington creating relationships with, you know, some some of the richest folks in, in Summit. And it's like normally you two don't meet. <laughs> so, no. that's, two, uh, that's literally two different worlds colliding. Uh, yeah, like, literally. No, yeah. So it's like it is. Uh, these, these guys are. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, and it, but it is all centered around the athlete. How can I improve the athlete? Not about making money, right? Some people charge hundreds of dollars for an hour workout. You know, our guys are doing it reasonable, um, and uh, it's all it's all centered around how we can help the athlete and move them forward and make them accomplish their their uh, the dreams or aspirations about getting better at basketball. We also talked a little disclaimer for the listeners. Um, Wellington and I have talked about, you know, the need for a job while doing this. It's not for everybody, you know, quitting your job and going in a full time. No. <laughs> we had this conversation, Wellington. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is hard work. I mean, you, you, you don't all of a sudden, we have 30 teams over the course of the year, 30 teams over the course of the year, with along with camps and clinics and whatever our guys want to do, right? Mingo, uh, I was so happy to have Mingo part of the program now that, you know, he's thinking about other things that he wants to do with the guys, shooters clinics and, and, and other camps. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, just have a responsible voice along with Greg and, and, uh, and Eric Younger and, um, and, uh, and Rich, Rich Ellison and, and Ethan Williams and Bryce Lewis. And, and you know, Bryce. And what's great, what's great about it is that we're all brothers, right? Like yeah. brothers that are, that are, that are coaching these kids that don't look like us, um, but you know, parents are are uh, are reaching out to us about, hey, what, how, how was practice today? What was Jimmy thinking? What was, you know, what, what do you, he he listens to you, right? Like this is this is great stuff. So it's um, we're, we're really become mentors, and something that I actually had when I was growing up. I had tons of mentors and uh, guys that really pushed me to succeed. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know what the question was, but, but it was, <laughs> it was uh, nah, that's it was key. Good. Mingo, awesome. Mingo talked about that and mentioned the mentors he had growing up and how it was so vital to success then and even now as a coach. So definitely, again, it's bigger than basketball. That's dope that the AAU program is building that. Um, transition into 
with the quickness segment. We're going to ask you some like fire rapid questions, whatever comes to your mind. This is your personal opinion on these questions. Okay. Jalen Suggs or Kay Cunningham? Kay Cunningham. Thank God he said that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to win and say a 6'6 six, six point guard is not an athlete. <laughs> 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 you played in the Big East, which is one of the, the most toughest conferences during that time. In your opinion, what is the best conference in ba- college basketball right now? Uh, Big 12. Big 12. The only reason I say that is because you, there's, a, there's a game every single night. Um, you know, you, could, you can lose to the, the worst team in the Big 12 and the best team in the Big 12. You have to, where when I was playing in the Big East, we knew Rutgers, Seton Hall, and St. John's were automatic wins. Easy dubs at the time. Yeah. Providence, automatic wins. Yeah. So, <laughs> never lost those teams. So, you are a father. You have two kids. Early or last-minute Christmas shopper? We, uh, so, early. We just, we, we did Christmas this past, uh, this past Sunday with our two, with our two little girls. And then we'll do it, um, We'll do it again on this on on Christmas Day uh, down in West Virginia. Knowing Wellington is the least surprising answer. It's least surprising answer ever. <laughs> knowing Wellington, it's it's not. Trust me, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> oh man, I need to be. I wish I had that growing up. Yeah. Get it in early, <laughs> then go down and visit family. Get it again. Get it again. Your ideal Christmas meal. What's on your plate? You know, some people have breakfast is a big meal on Christmas. Some say dinner. What's your ideal Christmas plate? Uh, I, I would say my mom's making it. She's got she's got mac and cheese, yam, stuffing, ham, uh, cabbage. And I'm mixing all of them together. Cornbread. I'm mixing all of it together. And uh, and making one nice spoonful or forkful, uh, and I'm going back for seconds. Wellington, your, does your food touch when you eat? Touch. It's like, do you do you let your food touch? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, you're a psychopath. <laughs> no, what's wrong with that? What do you mean? I don't let my food touch. My food really? can't touch, bro. I can't. My food can't touch, bro. I can't do it. I can't I do mean, it. That's a psychopath. Yeah, you're weird. You're weird. No, it's uh, going I, to the same place. No, no, that's, a, that's, that's a poll. That's a poll question. Like that's, that's one of the poll questions, bro. <laughs> I put money. They gonna rock with. They gonna rock with letting your food touch, bro. Oh. Yeah. Mac and cheese and yams. I mean, you, I mean that's just like, that can touch. That's that can yeah. touch. That can touch. Yeah. That, com- that combo is undefeated. It Mac is. and yeah. cheese with the yams. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That can touch. I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying that. And but so that's a great plate, by the way, too. Um, <laughs> you've had that plate. You went to did I, that, that took, that, that took you to cornbread. That took you to bro, my mom's. I've been asking to go back for like a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still there. You could go back. Bro, it's, it's COVID now. We can't do that. It's COVID now. No, I'm, I'm gonna go to this to support. That food is amazing, bro. Cornbread for real. What, what's that? It's Maplewood. Uh, Maplewood, yeah, Maplewood, yeah. Maplewood. Yeah. Great, great eats. Great eats. Yeah. Two more yeah. before we get you out of here. All right. So who is um 
Who's your favorite player to watch right now in the NBA? LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron, no, he, no, he's, no. you know, yeah. It's, 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 it's my guy. I mean, come on. Like, what do you think he's going to yeah. say? He's, he's, he's just so talented, man. I mean, and I'll, I'll, and, and people that hate on him, I don't think they just uh, – yeah, they might be nostalgic about Michael Jordan. I get it. And I watched The Last Dance. Michael Jordan has stuff that LeBron does not. Um, well, actually, I think LeBron did this past year when Ronald was, was, was the point guard. Um, but it's just like, yo – LeBron is, I mean, he's just revolutionized the game. Like, who's who's averaging 30, 10, and 10 in, you know, year 17, you know, year 18? Um, but the game just goes as he wants it, which I you just have to mm-hmm. appreciate. His greatness point. is undeniable. And the crazy thing is, here in Gilbert Arenas, I don't know if you heard on uh, Club Shay Shay, he said, <laughs> LeBron is going to go down as one of the top greatest players of all time that never fully tapped into his potential. Mm. How, like he how was saying he that, that um he was basically saying like the game comes to him so easy and he's so smart he doesn't have to fully go to that next level per se, especially when they talk about, you know, oh LeBron is in the score. Yeah. He doesn't have to and he was like you see, you see spurts where he does it, like the game where he was in Miami and the Orlando, I believe it was the the coach or the GM was saying how it was such a sucker move that LeBron went to Miami, he goes and drops 51. On their head. Like Gilbert was saying, like he if he wanted to, he really could do the Jordan oh, thing that everybody says he can't do. Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I can. I could definitely see LeBron just saying, "If I want to score or an average forty, I definitely can." Because I mean, he literally could back down anyone in the post, shoot his fadeaway, or or make. I mean, it just. I I really think. But I didn't think Rondo and him were going to play well together because I thought LeBron need, wanted wanted to have the ball, but it actually worked out really really well. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, because it just gave LeBron, I said, yo, go score, man. Like, go do what people didn't think you could do. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's so crazy that that's even a conversation to me. Like, yeah. I don't even – because, like, if you watch Braun play, like, it's the most efficient 27 you'll see on a night-to-night basis. Mm-hmm. What makes you think he not he couldn't just go get 40 if he wanted to? He can stumble into 40. Like, yeah. on any given night, that guy is – he's the best. Yo, that's, that's my goal. And that's a that is a lukewarm take at best. Okay, yes. that's my goat. That's not no hot take. That's no nothing. Yeah. LeBron is the greatest basketball player to ever have played the game. Like, I want to appreciate what they're watching for real. Like, it's 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 just it's it's, it's incredible. You change you change your perspective on the game when you think about basketball growing up. You think you have to be able to put the ball in the basket, and yeah, you do. But like the way he affects the game and can control it, even without doing that, even though he can do that at the highest level, he can score at the highest level, but he controls the game. He's like a, he's like an orchestrator. Like he, he controls the game in every way. And even when you think he's not in control, he very much is. So yes. it's, it's just, it's just incredible. It's incredible. He really it's, yep. I never seen anything like it. You'll never see it again. That's it. No, Enjoy no, you it. Won't. You won't. Yeah. Yeah. You, they got, they got two more years. Four more Damn years, it. whatever. It no. <laughs> was it, he, he signed? He signed the two-year deal. It after gives this, him the two-year. Yeah, it gives him the four years. I think in total. I think he's got so he's thirty-nine. So he's thirty-six. We got about three. 
I think four, is four this, years. Is this year? Yes, yeah, this year and two more years after that um, is rumored with the possibility it's he might play one more year after that. Yeah, so after he might play one more year after that to try to play with his son, which I think that would even be crazy. The fact that he's able to put that on his resume, the guy will be 39, 40 years old, and still I'm pretty sure he's going to be competing at a high level. No question. It might now my hot take. Is his son even good enough to play in the NBA? I knew you gonna say that. Why are we all assuming? Why are we all assuming that that LeBron, Bronny Jr. is as is as good as like Dewan Wagner, hear me out, Wagner Jr. Like, hear me out, hear me out, hear me, hear me out real quick. So he's first of all, he's not as good as Dewan Wagner Jr. He's just not. (laughs) But but the thing about him though, I'm betting on bronze jeans, bro. He has bronze jeans. That kid could easily sprout to be six, 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 seven. Six eight, he's strong. Like you know, like I, I think, I think we just gotta wait. We gotta wait. Like he, and he's also, I think his dad's doing a favor, letting him play at Sierra Canyon, where he's not like the guy they, they don't bow down to him. His coach benches him. His coach doesn't play him as much. Like you know, he's not the star of the team. He, he didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't transfer him out like like D Wade did for his son for Zaire. Like yeah. you know, um, I, I don't know. There's a method to the madness. Yo, I'm gonna trust the process. I- Funny you said that, Wellington. I had this conversation with somebody earlier last week, and I was saying that would be dope. But what if we're looking at two years from now and he's not that first round pick or he's in the second round? Then what? Do we see LeBron just going to the sunset? And matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to just do Space Jam four and five now. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's the point? Uh, Yeah. I, I completely agree. Like, what's. If he's I, now, yes, he has the, the genetics, and I, I could totally understand that. What you know, the, the, his, you know, what's going, what's coursing through his body, but <laughs> that man has pressure, mm-hmm. like pressure as a, at a young age to compete. You know, his dad, his dad, unfortunately, put on him saying, "I would love to be able to play in the NBA with my son." So, your dad, you tell me, I have to make it to the NBA? Like that's like, that's yeah, the, that's, every that's the bar. That's the bar. Every Hooper wants to make it to the NBA, of course. But like, you're waiting for me. To... <laughs> it's just... yeah. <laughs> like, I'm waiting for you to a... get up here, yeah, so I can play with you. Yeah, it's just like a, it's just a big shadow, man. Like, I, and it, you know, LeBron handled it well when he was in high school. Um, but you know, now now you got social media. You got you know. You got, you know, girls, you got other mm-hmm. you know, other players. Mm-hmm. You, got him, um, you got videos of him rolling blunts going viral on Instagram. Yeah, like you just got everything. Like, is it, is it, you know, it's like, shoot, will, will he just break down and say, this isn't, this isn't worth it? Or will he rise to the occasion? Who knows? I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens too. And even, even with the growth spurt, if it does happen, I think just with the possibility of Braun coming to, let's say, which I don't think would be far-fetched. Two years from now, the Knicks are in the lottery again. <laughs> I don't think it would be... <laughs> I don't think... I think that would be a selling point where a team might just draft him just to have LeBron for that one year. For example, like the Knicks. We finally get to get Bron. Yeah. If we draft his son, we get Bron? Shoot, let's take him. What a bunch yeah. of losers. They're losers. I could, def- I could see it happening. I could see that happening. Chris Smith played in the NBA for, what, uh, one or two years, and he was uh, J.R. Smith's brother? Right, yeah. I think that was, a st- that was a stipulation that the Knicks uh, that he yeah. made to the Knicks. So like, do, uh, do, you, 
the world the world's so different now. Do you remember? Do you, can you imagine like the world a, a world where Jr. Smith is calling shots like that? Yo, to sign yeah. me, you gotta sign my brother. Yeah. Now he can't even yeah. get a job in the league. Now it's crazy. Bro, Jr. Smith was nice with Denver. He was a problem. He was a yeah. problem. Like people so forget. Good. People forget. Yeah. So good, but and he was also nice with the Knicks too. He's just he was. He can't. He just you know. It was too much. Your light life. Yeah. It was too much. Partying before the playoff game. That was uh yeah. too much. That was tough right there. Last yeah. question before we get you out of here. We end off pretty much pretty much every show now. We end off with, with this question just to see where people where their head is at with this one. Five people dead or alive to have a meal with. Uh, obviously, obviously me. Kobe. Um have a meal with. Hmm. I say Kobe, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Eric Mingo say Malcolm X. I'm more of a peaceful guy, Martin Luther King. <laughs> 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 uh, um, Nelson Mandela. Uh, Who am I missing, Greg? You said obvious. Oh, I said obviously me, but you ain't saying oh. that yet. So I'm just saying no, no. maybe. I already had I already dinner with you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see Tony in the picture anymore. He's all laid out. Um, <laughs> uh, oh man. Yeah, so many so many folks died this year. Um uh shoot. Chadwick Baldwin. Love to see what he's talking about. Um and uh, dead or alive, huh? And LeBron, shoot. I knew you gonna say LeBron. I was like, I was, I was, I was gonna say, you're not gonna say LeBron, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I if I could actually, right yeah. If I could actually replace my, or maybe add to it, it would be uh, Barack Obama. Want to just see what he's, what, you know? I'm gonna read his book. I'm gonna listen, or listen to his book. I'm on a trip down to West Virginia, but uh, just kind of want to see where he's at. That. <laughs> that one's what he's talking I about. I think that, yeah. yeah, I think that table right there, that's a lot of wisdom, a lot of stories and knowledge on that table. I wouldn't yeah. be upset with that table. Um, I'll just sit next to that table when I was listening. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. I'm mad I wasn't able to actually have met Kobe in person. Um, mm -hmm. I never, I think a lot of people say this, never envisioned that he would be gone uh, so soon. So, yeah. Crazy, crazy what happened. It's wild. Would you yeah. Like? yeah. But I, I would put I would put Malcolm and, my, and MLK at the same table and see how that goes. No one I'm ever sure. does that. Why, why can't I do that? I'm sure it's been there before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying they played. They probably had went back and forth. Like, listen, don't hit him. No, you gotta hit him. You gotta <laughs> stab him if you need to. <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> But this is another installment of the Benchmop Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, share, comment, the whole caboodle you already know. This podcast brings people together. We're all about unity here. So if you even talk to the person, turn on the Benchmop Podcast. You guys will talk again. We will bring you guys together. Benchmop. 
if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Benchmark, we out. Peace.